Welcome to ALC Pan-African Radio's Education Program. The Education Program is a radio production by African Leadership Center Fellows based at the Center, where they analyze diverse issues on peace and security in Africa. Globally, individuals are still challenging the notion that victims of rape and other forms of sexual violence bear the responsibility for the crimes committed against them. Sheila Kenya Gitonga, a fellow at the African Leadership Center, looks at how activists are beginning to turn the tables at what they see as flawed thinking. My rapist doesn't know he is a rapist. So as part of a longer message carried through the streets of Los Angeles during the 2016 Amber Rose Slatwalk. Slatwalk is a growing global protest movement challenging the premise that victims are responsible when they are raped or sexually assaulted. The message during Slatwalk 2016 continued. You taught him it wasn't his fault because I drank too much, flirted, and my shorts were too short. Therefore, I was asking for it. My ex-boyfriend called me a slut. He called me a whore. He said I deserved it. This culture, your culture, told them, told me, that this was my fault and I suffered. But my rapist doesn't know he's a rapist. Though the word slut has been used for years in castigating women who deviated from the perceived moral norm, slut work is a recent phenomenon that has its origins in Toronto, Canada. In January 2011, two police officers were asked to give students at York University advice on personal safety and security. At the time, Toronto was rife with violent sexual attacks against women in which, in most instances, the victims were blamed. One of the officers, Michael Sanguinetti, told the 10 students who turned up for the talk, and I quote, women should avoid dressing like sluts in order not to be victimized, end quote. The audience was stunned by the comment because it appeared to be placing the blame for the crime of sexual assault on the victim. The comment was subsequently reported in the school newspaper and the article posted on Facebook. Heather Jarvis, an activist based in Toronto, soon came across the article and shared it on her Facebook page, creating an online dialogue among friends. While conversing with a fellow activist, Sonia Barnett, Heather suggested they hold a protest outside the Toronto police headquarters. Sonia liked the idea and they both organized the protest march. This marked the founding of what became known as the Slatwalk Toronto. The convergence of interest between Heather and Sonia was because they had been labeled as sluts at different stages in their lives. They conceived the Slatwalk protest march as a way of taking back the word slut in an act of radical defiance. Heather and Sonia used social media to exert their influence and invite the public to participate in Slatwalk. Sonia and Heather asserted their influence over the movement in a number of ways. First, prior to the initial march in April 2011, discussions on social media about the movement generated debate, especially in feminist blogs. 
Second, the first protest was expected to have a handful of people show up, but in the end, close to 3,000 people marched through the streets of Toronto under the slogan, because we've had enough. Third, 50 organizations made public statements in support of the Slatwalk movement. Fourth, the protest was reported in local and international media. Fifth, the ripple effect of the march was that hundreds of similar slat walks were held across Canada, the United States of America, Latin America, Europe, Australia, South Africa, and parts of Southeast Asia. The local had gone global, and the word slat as a unifying ideology had centered the discussion on rape culture and victim blaming. Though Heather and Sonia founded the movement, they were aware that they did not own it. A testament to this was in the global partnerships that Slatwalk Toronto formed and how Toronto, Toronto's context and theme was not imposed on the satellite Slatwalks. The global Slatwalk movements that sprang up were therefore intentionally contextualized. Individual movements configured themselves to speak to the needs of the local context, all the while paying homage to the founding goal of Slatwalk Toronto. Slatwalk organizers in Singapore, for example, were aware of the authoritarian state they lived in and the limits imposed on free speech. This forced them to distance themselves from the word slat. In Delhi, the Slatwalk March also negotiated similar discomfort by rebranding the protest Bershami Mocha, which means shameless protests. Under the new name, the Indian organizers were able to use shame to zero in on the key factor of victim blaming and consequently align themselves with the broader goal of Slatwalk Toronto. In the United States, the conversation on sexual violence was placed at the heart of the American entertainment scene by renaming the protests Amber Rose Slat Walks. Amber Rose, a celebrity in the United States, used her status to draw in crowds of 15,000 protesters. The Slat Walk movement has been widely cast as a feminist issue, but it could also be conceptualized as a leadership story. Leadership in this case is fashioned in the acknowledgement that local realities mattered in shaping how Slatwork manifested itself in different contexts. It is in this acknowledgement that has given the Slatwork movement their staying power. Heather Jarvis and Sonia Barnett, as the initial organizers of the movement, had a vision of rallying people under the derogatory term slut and refashioning it as a weapon against the prevalent rape and victim blaming culture in Toronto. Through constant online and social media discussions, they exerted their influence and garnered a critical mass of 3,000 people to take to the streets. The localized protests soon gained a footing all over the world, launching it into a global feminist movement. The movement spread to over 200 cities and 40 countries around the world and has become an annual protest event in some countries. This has not only universalized the conversation on sexual violence and victim blaming, 
but also empowered thousands to assert and reassert their voices against rape culture. That was Sheila Kenya Gitonga, a fellow at the African Leadership Center. Thank you for listening to ALC Pan-African Radio Education Program. For feedback on this and other programs, please visit our website at www.alcafricanradio.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Radio ALC and on Facebook, ALC Radio, numeral number one.